Thank you for tuning in to the sermon webcast of Living Savior. We are one church serving in two locations, Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. For more information, go to lsavior.org. You're lying in a hospital gurney staring up at the fluorescent lights. They have the tubes attached to your arm. Medtech is at your side. In 15 minutes, they're going to wheel you into surgery. They're going to remove one of your kidneys so that they could implant it in the body of a 15-year-old girl. Risky surgery? I think so. But what if you had some 100% foolproof guarantees. What if you knew absolutely for certain that the transplanted kidney was going to save this girl's life, that she would finish high school and college and maybe work for a while, that she would get married and have children and grandchildren, and that she would live until she's 98 years old, a happy and productive life? What if you had that guarantee? And what if you had some guarantees for yourself, like God's blessings to you would be even greater than that? 100% foolproof guarantees. I think they might, at least to some extent, take away your, your concerns, take away your, why am I doing this? In fact, as you're lying in the gurney about to go in, you might say to the doctor, what else could I give? Who else could I help? And please don't mention this to anybody else. I don't want anybody to feel obligated to me. Jesus actually has us thinking about things like that this morning with, with one of his best 100% foolproof guarantees. The Lord Jesus guarantees you life. He guarantees you not, not that you're going to live until you're 98 years old and live a happy and productive life till then. In fact, both you and I recognize that this frail body we're not even guaranteed tomorrow in this life. But the Lord Jesus himself died and rose and he guarantees to you that you too should you give away everything that you have? Should you, should you lose your life and your possessions and, and all that you have on that last glorious day? The Lord is going to raise you up and he will grant you more blessings than you could possibly imagine. Which kind of frees up the way we think about things, right? Frees us up to realize that if I in my life or you in yours are able to give things to others, if you're able to serve them with what you have, in his own words, that's all right. In fact, that's excellent. Because, in his words, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So he was invited to this dinner, St. Luke tells us. One of the leading Pharisees invites him, and he's, of course, he's not a friend of Jesus. He kind of hates Jesus, and he's jealous of him. St. Luke says that he and the other leading Pharisees had Jesus at the dinner 
so they could watch him carefully and, and trap him in something he said. Or maybe they'd catch him in, in violating their rules or their traditions. In the meantime, Jesus apparently was watching them very carefully because he wanted to help them. So he notices as he's at this, this dinner that the guests, as they came in, chose the most honorable places for themselves. Apparently at a Pharisee's house, scholars have written about this, that they would arrange the tables in a U shape and that the most honorable place to sit was at the bottom of the U, right in the middle of the room, so that all eyes were upon, pardon the pun, you, so that people would see you at the center and recognize you as the most successful and the most important and the most exciting person in the room. Walk into the banquet, they would do, apparently, and grab the spot at the head table, and if they couldn't get that place in the middle, they'd be just to the right or just to the left of the, of the most important person. So Jesus tells them this illustration, this story. He says, if you're invited to a wedding, don't take the most important place because what if somebody more important than you gets invited? And then you're sitting there in the most important seat and the maitre d' or the host has to come up to you and tap you on the shoulder and say, sorry, you're going to have to move. Mr. Big Shot here has to sit right here. And as Jesus tells it, you, you'll have to go sit off in the corner by yourself, embarrassed, blushing, because you, you've been humiliated. So Jesus' advice is, when you go to this wedding, take the lowest seat, sit off in the corner, and then your host will come and say, no, come up and sit at a better place. And then you'll be honored in front of all the other guests which you got to figure some of Jesus' listeners did not understand this at all because they're thinking, ooh, this is good strategy. <laughs> so when I go to this wedding, I'm going to sit in the lowest place and then the host is going to honor me even more and then I'll look even more important because they can sit in the best place, which of course means they really weren't listening because you heard how Jesus gave the point of the story. Whoever exalts himself, all those who lift themselves up will be humbled. But whoever humbles themselves will be lifted up. Not many days before this, Jesus explained the most important time when that was going to happen. He gathered his disciples around him and explained that all the days of the miracles and the fame and the crowds admiring him were soon going to come to an end. Because he was going to go up to Jerusalem and he would humble himself. He'd allow himself to be handed over to his enemies and he'd suffer indignities at their hands. They in turn would hand him over to the pagans and treat him even more terribly he would suffer an awful death. But then, the Heavenly Father, Jesus foretold, on the third day would raise him and glorify him. Which is exactly how it happened, right? 
Jesus goes up to Jerusalem and Judas betrays him and his enemies mistreat him and they mock him and they beat him and they spit on him. And the Romans can convict him according to their laws and he's taken carrying his own cross and he is crucified, humiliated, mocked even to the moment of his death. And then on the third day, the father raises him and 40 days later, lifts him up into heaven and seats him at his right hand. And he gives Jesus the name that's above every name. Redeemer, Savior, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus knew that as he followed the path of humility and accomplished his work for which the Father sent him, someday he would be exalted. Which kind of gets you thinking again about what you heard on Easter Sunday, that Easter Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also yours as well. Plain words Jesus spoke, John chapter 14, because I live, he said, you also will live. And not in sorrow or grief or pain, because Jesus lives on the last day you will live seated at the Heavenly Father's wedding banquet, one of his parables, seated with Jesus in the Heavenly Father's kingdom. So what that means, what that means to you this week is you get to put other people above yourself. The people you work with, your children, your acquaintances. They go above yourself. You serve. In view of how God is going to raise you someday to heavenly glory, you get to humble yourself. Wives, in view of what Jesus actually teaches, this is not controversial. Wives, you get to submit to your husband as the loving head of the family, as the church submits to Christ, Ephesians chapter 5. And husbands, you get to love your wife and give yourself up for her, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Also Ephesians chapter 5. In view of how you will be raised to glory on the last day in your marriage. You get to humble yourself now. You get to recognize that there's lots of situations in life where other people get more honor than you. They're recognized as more successful than you. And you get to say, good for them. Do I really want to be recognized for what I do or do I, do I want to follow the path of Jesus and simply serve and help others be recognized and help them succeed and put them above myself and give them the best seat and the first seat and, and, and the place of honor? Knowing that Jesus' words are really a promise Whoever humbles themselves will be lifted up. Whoever lifts themselves up 
will be humbled. In his name, I'll choose the first. I think you will as well. But what's in it for you right now? What's in it for me right now? I remember when I was a little boy and I'd have to, in, in the long days of the summer, I'd have to go to bed and it's still light out. And I'd stare at the ceiling and kind of imagine what it'd be like if the world was upside down. And walk around that light fixture and step over the top of the doorway and go down the hall and slide up the ceiling of the stairwell. In the morning, I could have breakfast holding my cereal bowl in my lap because there's no table on the kitchen ceiling. And then I could go down the hallway and step over the front door and I would fall into outer space. Eventually, a child who imagines the world upside down realizes that it doesn't function very well. It's not real practical. In the same way, the, the, the world that often thinks upside down or the person that often thinks upside down, what's in it for me? That's kind of upside down, isn't it? What's going to happen to me if I give away something of myself? That too is, is flawed, it's damaged. What the Lord Jesus does by his work for you, by his words in your heart and by his spirit is, is he makes the world right side up. And you recognize it isn't about what's in it for me, not right now. It's what's in it for her, for him, and the decisions I make and the things that I do. How can I put others first right now? Because I know I've got this guarantee that on the last day, the Lord's going to speak to me and say, all the times when you serve selfishly, that's forgiven. All the times when you put your own, your, yourself first instead of others, you're not guilty of that. The day's going to come where I can stand before his judgment seat and on the basis of his blood and righteousness, he'll say, not guilty. Come and join me in my Father's kingdom. Those are things that put the world right side up and are thinking right side up. So go ahead. Lend a hand to that acquaintance who is unable to or unwilling to lend you a hand in return. Because when those who are righteous through faith in Jesus Christ are raised, you'll be repaid. Go ahead and volunteer your time at a food pa pantry for people you may never meet. Go ahead and, and donate to the Red Cross. Visit somebody in a nursing home. Help those who may never be able to help you. Because when those who are righteous through faith in Jesus Christ are raised in the last day, you'll be repaid.
go ahead and, and, and give some encouragement to the person who's never really very encouraging in return. Go ahead and again, give up a chunk of your time, especially to the person who won't give up their time for you. Because when the righteous through faith in Jesus are raised in the last day, you'll be repaid. And among God's people, I can even say this. Go ahead and plan to give a portion of your income as an offering for the work of your church. That your church might reach out to those you may never meet and offer them the word of eternal life. That your church might have a Sunday school that teaches little ones about the grace of God through Jesus Christ. That your church may be involved in mission work that takes place all over the world that maybe you only read about in, in Forward in Christ magazine. Go ahead and give up what you have expecting nothing in return in this life, recognizing that when those who are righteous through faith in Jesus Christ are raised on the last day, you'll be repaid. And how will you be repaid? Kind of interesting, Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say. So you and I can leave that up to the Lord who is so powerful, who is powerful in ways beyond what we can ask or imagine in the words of St. Paul. What's in it for me right now? I don't really want anything right now as I'm joined to Jesus. What's in it for me at the, at the last? Tell you what, like you, I'll look to serve humbly and I'll look to help those who cannot pay me back. And as for what the Lord gives on that last great day, I'll leave it up to him. Amen. <laughs>